No. Yes. Man, it works every time. Yeah. Welcome back to another episode of the Super Duper Flex Bros, your second favorite Dynasty podcast. Today is Tuesday, January 18th. We are your hosts, Tom and Sam, and we are joined by one of the Dynasty community's favorite content creators, the Maddie Daddy. Maddie, how are you doing? Dude, Tom, Sam, pumped to be here. Flex on them, baby. The Flex Bros, the Maddie Daddy, we're joining forces, and we're talking Dynasty football, baby. Woo! And Sam, we still got you over there? Yeah, yep, still hanging out here. Yeah, I'm, I'm pumped. We got to get this uh, show out, you know, right at the beginning of the, the off season for, for Dynasty. Uh, I think we did probably did a show around this time last year, too. So we might have to go back and uh, listen to all those hits and misses from those takes. But yeah, excited we, we got you here, Maddie. Uh, thanks for making the time. Absolutely. Ready to go, guys. We've got an exciting episode for tonight, but before we get into that, this morning, Maddie, I saw you posted a video about Cam Akers. He's back. You're already bought in that he's he's back to being a uh, a top 12 or top 13 RB. So I just put together a, a little trade here to kind of pick your brain. Would you rather have Cam Akers, who's valued as the RB 18, age 22, or DeAndre Hopkins, who's valued as the wide receiver 19 and is age 29. I couldn't smash that at set button fast enough on getting acres for nuke. Hell yeah, man. That's awesome. If, if you made that trade, Tom, you have to be laughing your way to the bank, baby. <laughs> well, I, I haven't made that offer yet, but I'm, I'm kind of, uh, kind of in between which, uh, which side I would, I would like more. Cause I, th- I think Hopkins still has another three or four wide receiver one years left in the tank, but I also do own a lot of Cam Akers, so I was very excited to see those explosive runs that he had last night against the the Cardinals. But Sam, how about yourself? I, I I'm not sure if you own Akers or Hopkins in any leagues. Do you have a uh, a preference between the two? I I don't own them anywhere actually. The the one share of Hopkins I had, I traded away last season a little too early. Um, traded him for Brandon Ayuk. Uh, that's looking pretty good now. Um, and then Cam Akers at I, he was probably the uh, fourth or fifth running back from that class. And so I, I just happened to not have him fall into my lap. I'm, I'm also a big Darrell Henderson guy. So I was crossing my fingers that Henderson was going to hold on to that job. But Akers look good. I, I, I can't argue with that at all. He looked really good. He looks like he's 100% back. Uh, and he was looking like an RB1 before he went down with that Achilles injury. And yeah, it's. It, it's crazy to think, but I, I think he's probably back, especially on that offense. Like You probably have to treat him as an RB1. The, luckily, we're seeing the Rams move forward in the playoffs, so we get a, another little peak. But he, I don't know. I, I didn't see the snap percentage or the carry comparison between him and Sony Michelle. But if I can recall, I think Akers was on the field more, and he was getting those downfield uh, passes. So, I yeah, I think I think Akers, he, he carries a lot more upside than anybody else who might be taking around that RB10 to RB14 range in a startup. Yeah, it, it was great seeing him get that uh, downfield look from Odo Beckham that he was able to uh, connect on after Stafford missed him earlier in, in that quarter. Um, but I don't know. I guess the more we're, we're talking about it, the more I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued with, with Akers getting, keeping him on my, on my rosters. So with him being 22 it, and looking like he's, he's fully recovered, then maybe, maybe he's got another – four to five years of uh of rb1 status so yeah the the 
from an Achilles tear over the summer and the burst he had, the quickness, just the speed. And then everybody saw that hit on Buda Baker, man. Like, this guy is going to be firing on all cylinders. We saw Henderson. We saw Sony. Anybody can thrive in this Rams offense. Yeah, that, that's a good point. And they did spend that, what, second-round draft capital on Cam Akers. And they were doing the, the commercials for him and everything when, when he uh, got drafted. So they were ready to pass the torch to him and have him be the guy. Um, so I'm looking at the breakdown of the carries right now. We had Akers with 17 uh, carries compared to Michelle's 13. And I'd say that kind of 60-40 split, I wouldn't be surprised if that's what we see moving forward just because they're going to want to limit those touches. But I would be interested to see if Sony Michelle is back, if it's a three-way split between them with Henderson or if Henderson just kind of disappears. I know we've seen him uh, disappear more often than not, it seems like. So we might be looking at like a Cam Akers, 60% carry, uh, Sony Michelle, 30%, and then Henderson might just go to that third down role. They might just have him do some special team stuff, but I don't think he returns kicks. So he's, he's probably, he's going on to his final season of his rookie contract, I believe. So um, they might just kind of phase him out if, if Akers and Michelle continue to produce. And, and you bring up uh, Darrell Henderson, that this might actually be a good time to go out and, and try to buy a low because we've seen that the Rams, for whatever reason, much like Philip Lindsay with the, uh, with the Texans, or sorry, with the, uh, with the Broncos, they, for whatever reason, they just they didn't they didn't like him and they didn't trust him, and you had to wait for him to go to another team. So, um, I, I think Henderson gets paid a, a pretty decent wage um, for his his second contract, which won't be with LA. So, um, like you're saying, if we see uh, Cam Akers and Sony split in the carries in the postseason here, then um, Henderson's stock should should take a dip, and maybe you're, you're able to go out and acquire him from your your league mates. All right, moving on. Two weeks ago. I uh, did an episode with Sam, and I said to go out and buy Carson Wentz. That was before the Jaguars-Colts game, where all the Colts had to do was win, and they're in in for the playoffs. I didn't actually watch the game live, but I did see a lot of people um, that were kind of ready to give up on Carson Wentz after after the game, saying that all he had to do was was take care of the ball, and it's his fault that they lost, but... um, I was curious to to look at the at the film myself and and kind of see what happened that in that game. So when I, when I watched the uh, the start of the game, I noticed that the the Jaguars they 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 came to play that in, in week eighteen. So they they started out the game with a eight minute drive that ended with a touchdown, and uh, from there it the the Jaguars offense and defense just kind of kind of looked like they they weren't going to roll over for this uh, this Colts team. So. When you look at the box score, the uh, the numbers for Wentz are bad. He was 17 of 29 for only 185 yards, one touchdown, and one pick. But um, four, the, his receivers had four pretty bad drops during the game, uh, including two by, by Paris Campbell. So his, his numbers actually could have looked a lot better. And uh, if they didn't have those four drops, box score would have read something like 21 of 29 for 255 yards and possibly a second touchdown. Um, to go along with that interception and that fumble. So it, when you, if you watch the tape, the interception that the Carson Wentz had, it, it was, there's, there's no defending it. It was, it was a bad, it was a bad throw that the linebacker was kind of following Wentz's eyes the whole time and was able to pick him off pretty easily. But if you look at the fumble, it was a play action call. And as soon as Carson Wentz turns to look upfield, the defenders in his face, and on on third and twelve, and on fourth and twelve, once delivered the ball perfectly 
to Paris Campbell and uh, both times he he dropped it when they could have kept the the drive alive so even after a terrible game on paper once finished the fantasy season as QB 13 in 2021 so that's right behind Kirk Cousins and Ryan Tannehill and right in front of Derek Carr so right now if you try to go out and get get Cousins or Tannehill or Derek Carr for a first I don't think anybody's going to be giving up um, any of them for a first but we, we've seen it in leagues. Carson Wentz is getting traded for 2022 20, seconds and 2023 20, seconds. So if anybody's selling Wentz, I'm certainly buying at this point. Yeah, it's, it's a good point. There's a saying it's not about how you start, it's how you finish. And it, I guess you could look at that two ways. He finished just outside being a QB1, um, but then he also finished the season with just a horrible game. But everybody has bad games. We, we've seen Dak Prescott have a few bad games too. Um, so you, you've kind of sold me on it, Tom. Um, I don't know if I'm going out and trying to acquire him because I think most of the owners in leagues that I play in they they're they're happy just kind of sitting on him. Uh, but we had we had mentioned that mid to late first maybe as an appropriate price tag in Superflex if if you're desperate for a quarterback. I, I do think that's still fair. And if you think about it, three, four, or five years ago, we, we've seen people just shipping off Matt Ryan and Big Ben because they're a day away from retiring. And I I think Big Ben is gone now. Um, but Matt Ryan's still around, so yeah, Wentz might just kind of be that bridge quarterback. Uh, he's going to be a better version of Nick Foles and Andy Dalton and those types of guys. So, and and when he's out there, he's got the rushing upside too. So, I you've you've sold me on him a little bit, Tom. I love this pick, man, because you're on the Colts, this rock solid offensive line, Jonathan Taylor, Frank Reich, and you have forty seven million dollars in cap room. Let's be honest, he had Pittman to throw to, and that's about it. So you got to think with all this cap room, they're going to bring in another weapon or two weapons or a healthy, cross my fingers, Paris Campbell. But I think there's a lot to be said with your buying of Carson Wentz. This guy isn't a turnover machine. He's good for fantasy. I'm loving this call, Tom. Yeah, and and I know it's not fair to blame the receivers for their drops. Drops happen in, in every game, but... If you if you watch the highlights of the game from start to finish, you, you see uh, the offensive line kept getting called for holding and was setting up a, a first and one or, or sorry, a, a second and one into a second and 11. And then uh, on fourth down on third and fourth down they're uh, they're handing the ball off to Jonathan Taylor, which if you're the Colts, that's the right call to make. But uh, Jonathan Taylor got stuffed on on fourth and short twice during the game where the where the Colts ended up turning the ball over on down. So. Um, if, if I don't think anybody's going out and uh, blaming Jonathan Taylor and, and that offensive line, like you said, is, has been spectacular all season. So I think I think it was just a bad game. Um, one of the biggest takeaways from that game was Trevor Lawrence looked incredible. He started out eight of eight. And this is a, a Colts team that I believe had the the first or second most uh, turnovers created this season. So um, if, if anybody's out, out there is selling Trevor Lawrence, I'm I'm certainly buying too. But uh, this segment's supposed to be more on Carson Wentz, so we can we, we can keep the, the conversation there. But um, I can't emphasize enough that he was coming off that ankle surgery to start the season too. And like you said, Maddie, he he really didn't have much to work with as far as uh, talent for for receivers. So I think um, I think this is going to be a, a floor. Uh, this is going to be Carson Wentz floor where we're going to see him have more of a, a Ryan Tannehill um, comeback and and should should finish inside the the. Uh, higher than, than quarterback 13 in 2022. Tom, can I ask a question real quick about Wentz to you? Since you didn't yeah. break down this tape, everything like that. 
I'm going to put you on the spot, man. Mac Jones yeah. or Carson Wentz? Oh, I, I'd have to go Mac Jones. <laughs> Mac Jones is in a similar situation. Uh, but as as a rookie finishing as uh, I think he finished the season as quarterback 17 or 18. But right. he didn't he didn't have any um, any help as far as, as the, the weapons either. But I think the, the Patriots, after they they got demolished by, by the, the Bills, they're going to have to try to do a better job of, of bringing, bringing a gun to a gunfight instead of a, a knife to the gunfight like that we all saw on Saturday when they got absolutely smoked. So we saw uh, Belichick go out and spend money to get uh, Hunter Henry and Janu Smith right away. So I think they're, I think they're, they're, they're set at running back. I think, I think Belichick is comfortable with that, but I expect him to, to sign one or maybe even two um, big free agency wide receivers. So we, we've seen them with on receivers recently in the draft. So I, that's why I, I don't think the Patriots will spend that first round pick on, on one of these um, receivers for, for the season. But um, yeah, I, I guess that, that one, I, I'm, I'm definitely heavily leaning towards Mac Jones. Um, you, you're, you're giving Belichick too much credit. You're saying he's going to bring a gun to a gunfight, <laughs> but we, we all know he focuses on the defense. So he's just going to bring a bulletproof vest to that gunfight. And then he's he's gonna hope that his knife is long enough to compete. So, <laughs> I I would love to see them bring in more talent. But I think we were calling for that what the last decade with Brady too. They're they're just gonna bring in one more weapon and then he's gonna be good. But he was just throwing it to Gronk all those all those seasons. So I I, I am with you. I, I'd go Mac Jones over Wentz just because he, Mac Jones he wasn't even getting all the starter reps in the uh, in practice to to start. Uh, so I think he was a little shocked that he got to steal that job from Cam Newton. Um, but yeah, you, you've definitely sold me a little bit more on the one side. So I'm not I'm not ready to leave him for dead yet. So are you uh, are you pretty high or, or low on Mac Jones there, Maddie? No, I just you know we get to this point of dynasty where you have these players like a Mac Jones where you're kind of like okay, what is his upside? Is it ever going to be in that quarterback one threshold? Is this maybe yeah. a Kirk Cousins? Is this a player maybe? like a Carson Wentz or a Tannehill, I go out and try to purchase and get a future first or another upgrade elsewhere instead of just settling for Mac Jones because he's young and he's looked, you know, he's put QB 17 numbers up. So it just kind of, from my point of view, 29 is not old for Wentz. So I might be trying to package a Mac Jones with a weapon or with a, you know, a small piece and get Wentz and an upgrade elsewhere because Wentz is a consistently, you know, high-end QB2 with QB1 games. No, I, I, mean, I Matt, Maddie, I think you could probably trade uh, Mac Jones straight up for Wentz. I don't think – you could probably get the Wentz owner to add something. You could probably have him add a third or, or maybe, even, maybe even a second if they're trying to get off Wentz. So if, if you have Mac Jones anywhere, you if you want Wentz, I think you can you can get something added to Wentz. I just I get so worried about these rookie quarterbacks or the second year quarterbacks because we've seen Bakers, we've seen so many of them just crash and burn. It just seems like the stability isn't there at the quarterback position anymore. So when you see a guy that maybe flashes enough that he's put up QB one numbers, because we what three or four years removed from an MVP like season. So it just intrigues me with you know the rookie quarterback situation because. Younger is always better, but quarterbacks sometimes, if you're decent, you can have a Matt Ryan career where you're hovering around that high-end QB2 year in and year out. 
Yeah. Well, and it was it was Baker's rookie season, I, I believe, when he took the job week three or four of that Thursday night game. He wasn't he like breaking all of Drew Brees's I don't know, is a completion percentage or yardage or or something. He was looked amazing. Yeah, he was he was breaking these records and they're talking about how he's gonna be the next best thing and he, he looked great. So uh but then they changed the offensive uh system in there so i don't know if that's kind of what caused those issues but yeah you, you bring up a good point that was probably a good time to just kind of take those shots because yeah just because they've been quarterback 16 or 18 the last two years that doesn't mean all of a sudden something something shifts and all of a sudden they're a top 10 guy all right well i think that's uh that's enough said about Wentz. sam did you have a, a player that you wanted to talk about that people should be going on buying yeah um well you mentioned that game uh, going against the Jaguars. So I, I had to get out there and uh, talk about my love for Travis Etienne. Uh, but instead of just talking about how good he looks and how good his opportunity is, yeah, I wanted to actually kind of put some numbers uh, towards it, towards uh, my thought of paying up for him. So I'm not just going to tell you to, to trade for him because whoever has Etienne, they're not going to give him up uh, for a couple of seconds or even a late first. So if you if you're sitting on like the 106 or 108 and you have to trade both that 106 and 206 or another piece, uh, maybe Chris Carson or Rashad Penny or something like that. Uh, let me, let me just ask you guys a couple of questions here. Uh, so without a healthy James Robinson to compete at the start of next season, do you, do you guys think we can expect ETN to get at least 12 carries per game? Absolutely. Oh Yeah. And, and can we also expect him to get three targets per game at being a, a pass catching running back? That's probably fair. Yeah, and, I think so. And then uh, maybe he can get seven total touchdowns, so both receiving and rushing. It's probably a fair outcome. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not going to get too excited for the Jaguars' offense, but do we think they might be somewhere in the twenties as far as total yeah. offense? It's, so. it's plausible. <laughs> I, I guess there's always 30, 31, or 32, but let's just say somewhere in the 20s. Uh, if if he can do just those things, it was kind of how everybody was pounding the table for Najee Harris saying he's just even if he's bad, he's gonna he's gonna be amazing uh, because of the volume. Uh, he, all this to say, uh, if that's the opportunity that he gets, then that opportunity is gonna mirror exactly what Javante Williams did this last season. Um, and he finished as RB 17. So, and, and that was, that was of course with Javante sharing the field with a healthy Melvin Gordon. Uh, but I, I think even if we see ETN sharing time with Melvin Gordon in the future, that's, I, I think that RB 17, I really think that's going to be the floor for ETN. Uh, we did a show back on December 14th with our Houston insider, Nick, and we we're talking about ETN's injury. It's the same injury that we saw Hollywood Brown have before his rookie season. He's fully recovered. It's it's not an injury that you know sticks with the player for years, year upon year. They had no no reason to try to rush him back. It's usually a four month recovery, um, so it's just long enough for the season, of course. Uh, not that the the Jaguars ever had a chance of going into the postseason and activating ETN. Um, but yeah, I guess what what are your guys' thoughts on on ETN? I know we're just starting to dive into rookie drafts, but how high is too high to trade for ETN? Is he is worth as high as the the one hundred three or the one hundred six in your guys' opinion, or 
his rookie fever hitting all of us. So we're we're gonna let the the owner of ETN just hold on to him. I I think uh, just being put on the spot, I would I would say the 105 is probably a, a fair uh, rookie spot. I don't think you're gonna have somebody with with a top three pick um, give up the the 101, 102, or 103 for a, a quote unquote hurt running back. But uh, after seeing all of the designed draws for Jamal Agnew and, and all the short passes and how creative they were with LaVisca Chenault, but all those targets turned into drops. The, the, this is a team that's certainly lacking talented players that, that can do something with the ball in their hands. So um, I, I think what, what you put together here is 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 perfect, that he, he should get 10 to 12 carries per game. I, I bet his floor is, is probably going to be three targets per game next season as long as he stays healthy. So I, I think uh, I think what you what you have here is, um, is is pretty fair that we can we definitely expect him to to get get the opportunity and as long as the the team takes a small step forward from uh, from 2021 then he sh- he might find himself in RB1 territory his, his sophomore year. I'm a I'm all about Travis Etienne as well. I had him over Javante Williams. I think this guy's electric. I think he's one of the best backs we saw coming out of college to Clemson. The landing spot's the only worry, being 5'10", 210 pounds. It just kind of scares me. How are they going to use this guy? But if they use him like they use James Robinson, and if he can stay healthy, I'm I'm all gas for Travis Etienne moving forward. I'd even maybe go up to the 103. I mean, I don't know if you have to pay that much, but I don't like this draft class a ton. So this might be a pick if I'm not able to get the stud receiver with a stud quarterback, which I don't even know if we have one, maybe Etienne's a safe play. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I've been using my first round picks this last year. Um, I've been either using them to upgrade at play- players, so package like a RB2 for an RB1, um, or take them at safe player too. I think, Maddie, did I trade you the 109 or the 110 in that inactives league for Kareem Hunt? It was, it was something like that, but I'm yeah, if I've got a late first, I'm I'm kind of yeah. Just, uh, you're not excited. Yeah, <laughs> but but yeah, I'm I'm just doing it for the the safe the safe player. I love both of your guys' buys. I love Etienne. I love Wentz. I think you guys are on point. Where you say these guys that maybe people forgot about. Maybe we're we're getting the rookie fever because the combine's coming up, free agency. But these are two guys that are going to be on pretty good teams that should be able to be set your dynasty rosters up for success moving forward. Agreed 100%. So uh, Sam and I have been doing our rookie first round reveal a little bit at a time. So we, we uh, did the, we, we've gone through the 1.01 through the 1.04 so far. So um, let me pull up our, our rankings here. Um, so if, if anybody's interested in seeing our 2022 pre-draft rankings, you can go to superduperflexbros.com and look at 2022 rookie superflex rankings. So at the 1.01, we've got Brees Hall, 0.02, Isaiah Spiller, 1.03, Traylon Burks, 1.04, Garrett Wilson. So out, out of those four guys, Maddie, who, who is your favorite? Who are you most excited to see? I, I'm ready to see Burks, man, from Arkansas. I think he's got that DK Metcalf build. He seems like he's just a big receiver that comes down with everything. That's the guy I'm targeting out of this this crew, um, out of the ones you've just mentioned. I think this guy has the most upside. So if you if you have the the 1.01, are you spending that pick on Traylon Burks right now? 
uh, it, I want to. I'd probably try to trade down just because receivers like 50 deep. But I think when we look at this draft class in three years, he's going to be the guy you remember. Yeah, I, I think trading down if, if you need help at receiver is, is always the, the the right move in most super flex drafts that uh, the, the, we're in. Uh, we didn't see Jamar Chase go until uh, the one, 105 or the, the 106. Um, so wide receiver is always extremely undervalued, even though we, we knew how great of a prospect uh, Jamar Chase was going to be. So, um, yeah, if you had if you have an early draft pick and you're looking at Treon Burks or Garrett Wilson and trading back to the, about the 1.05 or 1.06, you might still be able to come up with one of these guys if, uh, if somebody's targeting a, a quarterback here. But uh, at, at the uh, the 1.05, the next player that we want to talk about tonight is Kenneth Walker III, the uh, Wake Forest transfer, played his final season at Michigan State in 2021. He had 1,636 yards and 18 touchdowns. Also, in eight of the 12 games, he had over 23 carries, so he showed that he can be a team's workhorse and, and uh, take over if the passing game isn't working. But uh, a player that we've, we've talked, we've briefly mentioned a few times this show already, um, everything that I see about Kenneth Walker III just reminds me of Javante Williams, where he seems like a guy that you're going to be able to get 100% of the time in the, in the middle of the draft or maybe even towards the, the back end of, of the draft at the 109 or, or 110 if some of these quarterbacks start creeping up, but um, I, I would love to see him get drafted to a team like the Falcons. The, the Falcons own um, the Titans uh, 2022 second round pick. So right now I, I see uh, Kenneth Walker, the third being the third running back draft from this team and going to the Falcons and helping uh, Matt Ryan. If that, that offensive line um, doesn't do him any, any favors next season, I, th I think he could be getting a lot of those, those, uh, those dump offs that, we've uh, seen Cordell Patterson take this year. I love yeah, it. I, I, I like the call, and I, I really thought there's a chance ETN, if he fell to the second, I thought he'd go at the top of the second to the Falcons. So they've definitely been looking for uh, a running back. I think back to, like, the, the Steven Jackson days, um, and they, they've, they've really been trying to find somebody to, you know, take over for Devonta Freeman and Tevin Coleman. It just, it just hasn't been there, and I think a lot of us have been targeting the wrong – running backs for them the last couple of seasons so I, I think it'll for us fantasy players it's going to make it a lot easier if we see them uh take a running back early in the the second round of the draft this next season absolutely and we what walker was literally won the walter camp doak walker awards so this yep. guy balled out his last year of college and he's the total package he can catch passes he's electric so if Whatever team he ha goes to has a decent o offensive line. This guy could be a three-down back. Yeah, I, I'm I'm super excited for for uh, Kenneth Walker the third, and I've actually uh, talked with some people that that have said that they that he's their their RB one out of this class that they actually like him more than than Brees Hall. So this could be a uh, a Clyde Edwards-Alaire situation where maybe Kenneth Walker jumps um, Isaiah Spiller and um, ends ends up being the the first or the second running back drafted. So he has he has the potential of being taken uh, 101 in, in some of these Superflex rookie drafts this year. Moving on to our rookie 1.06, we uh, we stumble across our first quarterback in our in our rankings here. So we've got Malik Willis, 
Um, I'll start off by saying he is definitely not a perfect prospect and he is not going to be the, the first quarterback drafted in this year's NFL draft, but I love the upside in 13 games last season. Willis had 27 passing touchdowns and 12 interceptions. So he was um, roughly averaging two passing touchdowns and um, one interception. So seeing that, that one interception per game isn't, uh, isn't what, what you want to see as a, um, when you're, when you're scouting a, a, a quarterback coming in, into the NFL. But um, on, on the other hand, he also had 878 yards rushing and 13 touchdowns in 2021 and 944 rushing touchdowns and 14, sorry, 944 rushing yards and 14 touchdowns in, in 2020 and only 10 games played. So um, he, he was averaging roughly 1.7 rushing touchdowns per game in his final two seasons at Liberty. So I see uh, Malik Willis coming in with the rushing ability of Jalen Hurts, and he has a cannon for an arm like Jameis Winston. So um, right, right now, I would love to see the Washington fo football team spend their first-round pick on Malik Willis and allow him to sit behind Ryan F Fitzpatrick until Ryan Fitzpatrick does what he always does um, and has a horrible game early on in the season, and then we can see Malik Willis come in and take over. Uh, I, I like the comparison. I like the the uh, the James Winston cannon for an arm. Uh, and then, of course, you like those uh, rushing yards you get with the quarterback, too. And, yeah, this is one of those those rare drafts where we could see um, a, a quarterback fall past the, the top five or top ten picks in the NFL draft, and, and they could still be relevant uh, as early as day one, especially if Willis flashes um, in the preseason. I think Ron Rivera is trying to establish that culture that if you're going to be able to contribute and you're a high character guy and the, and you've got the trust of the team, you're, you're going to be on the field, which is why I think they, they liked Heineke, but I don't think Heineke is going to be the long-term answer. So I like, I like the, uh, I like the call. Yeah, I love it. I love Willis. I think he's a project quarterback, but the upside he's oozing it. So if he can just get in a place, you know, where he's behind a Ryan Fitzpatrick or a Matt Ryan or another quarterback where he doesn't necessarily have to take all the snaps and be thrown to action. And I think, like Tom mentioned, he's probably going to be pushed down the draft board. So maybe a team that's already pretty good because we've seen so many good quarterbacks go to bad teams and not be good. So if he can sit down the board, go to a team that's already good and then get to sit a little bit and kind of work his tools, I think this guy's got raw upside with the best of them. Yeah, it, and uh, like you guys are saying, these these quarterbacks not getting drafted in the in the top ten in the NFL draft. Um, when one of the earlier episodes that we did this month, we were talking about your your draft evaluations and coming up with your your list. Uh, my recommendation would be that which whichever one of these quarterbacks you like, just just uh, try to kind of plant your flag and 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 stick with that take because um, I'm I'm guessing the the first quarterback taken is going to be quote unquote NFL ready. Whereas uh, Malik Willis, he, it, in my opinion, he has the highest upside just with this extreme rushing ability where we might see another quarterback come in and have a Mac Jones type season where he finishes um, kind of as a, a, a middle lane quarterback too, which, which is great in super flex when you're, when you're starting two quarterbacks and um, he's kind of that, that safe, safe play where he, he's getting you um, 16 or, or 18 points per, per week. But um, for, for those, uh, those leagues where I'm, I'm really pushing for the championship, uh, I, I think Malik Willis is, is that quarterback that 
you're going to be able to, to play kind of like when Jalen Hurts came in and was was putting up those those 30 points per week type games to, to help people win championships last year and this year where um, it, it might be ugly. I I, I see the, the James Winston side where there's some of those plays where you're like, what, what was he thinking? And throwing that ball into, into double coverage and it, it gets picked off. But just with that, that ability to extend the play and find the, the open receiver down the field or pick up the first down with his legs, I'm, I'm super excited to see where Malik Willis gets drafted this year. Malik Willis or Jordan Love in, in a startup? Willis. Willis. Uh, I don't Jordan Love that, but you're probably right. <laughs> Well, Tom, I, I saw you wanted to compare some uh, some wide receivers here. Uh, we're actually doing our uh, Super Duper Flex Bros 2022 startup league. And uh, so these are all players that we're going to see in this draft. So I'd love to kind of hear your thoughts. I think this was in re- relation to a video that Maddie Daddy did recently. Is that right? Yeah, Maddie put out a video today uh, of um, how, how high he is on, on DJ Chark and Darnell Mooney and that, that he would be trading Rashad Bateman straight up for, for, uh, for these guys. So um, I don't know if you've been following along this season, Maddie, but about this time of your last season, I uh, had a, uh, a show with, with our Texans insider, Nick. And I, I, I made a promise that if uh, Kadarius Tony finished higher than Rashad Bateman in his rookie season, that I was going to go get a tattoo. So I actually had that oh. tattoo scheduled for uh, the Monday morning after week 17. And um, luckily for me, Rashad Bateman did finish as wide receiver 69. And uh, Kadarius Tony (laughs) finished as as wide receiver 89. So I was was, uh, happy to pay that that deposit and not have have to get any, uh, my my first tattoo of Kadarius (laughs) Tony. Uh, But, I, I'm I'm a sucker for for doing bets, and I'm I'm a sucker for when it comes to Rashad Bateman. So I, I wanted to see if uh, if you want to do it a twenty dollar bet with me. Um, the, the the loser gives gives the money to a charity of their choice. So I'm taking Rashad Bateman for 2022, and I'll let you choose between DJ Chark and Darnell Mooney. Who who do you think is going to score more points? Oh next yeah, season? this this wasn't. It maybe you might have caught me in a bad part. With Chark, I'm not sure about him, but Mooney, I think, smashes Bateman. It's not about Bateman's talent. I love it. I just, the situation with Andrews, with Hollywood Brown, with a returning, exciting monster in J.K. Dobbins. Can you feel I'm pumped about him? Um, It's more about the situation. Nothing against Bateman's talent. I think he's, you know, the total package. But what Mooney's walking into this year, um, and what he did this year, yeah, twenty dollars, easy money. All right. So you're saying Darnell Mooney's uh, walking into this? Is he? Is he moonwalking? Oh yeah, smooth criminal. That's I'm taking your money, Tom. <laughs> twenty bucks is twenty dollars. All right. Uh, I got I got Bateman. You got Mooney. Half point PPR. We'll we'll uh, we'll come back to this at the at the end of next season. Absolutely. I'm, I'm pumped. I, uh, I am on the Mooney bandwagon. I've been on it for two years and I think this guy is just, you know, for what we're paying for these other name value players, like an Iuke, like a Tony, like a Bateman, we're always worried about draft capital when sometimes a stud sitting in front of your face and you've just got to make the move. 
Well, I got I got to tease the uh, the next episode a little bit here and let the listeners know that our uh, rookie at the 1.07 coming in um, is going to be this year's Darnell Mooney. So Ooh. listen listen for that next week. I can dig it. If if you do a really deep dive of our shows last season, this is a, a player we thought was coming into the draft uh, this last year. If it is this who we're talking about, Tom? <laughs> it is. Okay. So if you go back and listen to those shows, I think I think you'll know who we're excited about. Uh, but we mentioned that 2022 startup dynasty league that we're doing. Uh, it, it's another one, 14 man, 100 bucks to play. Half those dues are going to go to a charity. So every year we're doing one dynasty startup. It's going to be that uh, that size. So every year we're we're creating another league to uh, raise 700 bucks for charity. So everybody part of the super duper flex bros community. Uh, we're we're going to be contributing twenty one hundred dollars to charities. Uh, that doesn't include any of those guillotine leagues that we're doing. Uh, speaking of which, Tom's got a guillotine league going uh, that he's helping manage for a signed CEH jersey, and there's four spots left for that. So it's twenty bucks to play. Fifty bucks is going to go to Muscular Dystrophy Association, uh, and Maddie Daddy is going to be joining us for that too. Uh, so just so you guys know, when you see those invites come out for those leagues, uh, whether you're part of the guillotine leagues or you're part of the dynasty leagues, you get access to some pretty cool stuff. So don't worry, we're not selling you on a membership. Uh, <laughs> but but any anytime you're in uh, one of our guillotine leagues or those dynasty leagues, uh, you're, you're the first pe- people to uh, get the invites to those future guillotine leagues uh, with with some pretty cool stuff and opportunities to raise money for charities. Um, and then those dynasty leagues, we're actually going to be doing an off season show uh, for each league. And it's going to be a breakdown of all 14 teams in those leagues. And so we'll, we'll do some trade suggestions and then we've, we've got a uh, SDFB scoring system. So we actually break down every team. So you can kind of see where you sit compared to uh, some of the people that you're competing against. And then of course, in those dynasty leagues, you get a chance to raise 700 bucks towards your, your uh, favorite charity. But uh, yeah, so we're, we're excited to uh, get going here in this, this dynasty season. And yeah, I, I don't think these uh, rookie drafts can come soon enough. Well, Maddie, you remember how to get us out of here? Oh, absolutely. It's Sam. It's Tom. The super flex bros, baby. Flexing on them. If there's anything these guys have taught me, in the two plus years of podcasting, everything and anything, it's teamwork makes the dream work. So big shout out to Tom, to Sam. If you guys haven't subscribed to their channel, make sure you do it now. CEH Jersey, anything and everything. Like we said, it goes to charity and that's what it's about is having fun. This is our passion. I'm the Maddie Daddy. I get to do the Flex Bros again, guys. It's almost cold enough in Florida that I can wear that hoodie. Pretty pumped about it, Sam and Tom. But thank you once again for having me. Thank you so much for uh, joining us tonight, Maddie. Where, where can the people find you, and, and what, what are you working on these days during the offseason? Absolutely, Tom, Sam, thank you for having me. Teamwork makes the dream work. What you guys do for charity, for fantasy football, it's what we're all here for, for passionate, to help fans win anything and everything. But I'm the Maddie Daddy. If you type in Maddie Daddy Presents, I do a lot of video content. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, you name it, at MaddieDaddyFF. Just type in MaddieDaddy because MaddieDaddy rocks, rocks with socks. Fantasy football, dynasty, I do it year-round. 
just like Tom and Sam. As always, guys, it's been a pleasure. My treasure. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us, Maddie. Until next time, keep it flexy. Who was the quarterback from uh, – now, now you got me wondering. Who was the guy from New England that everybody was hype on after Brady? Jared Stidham. Stidham, man. <laughs> forever. Yep. Yep. <laughs>